Welcome to Between Friends, a space where female musicians meet and discuss all things music. I'm your host, Jenny Jam, and we are in season four video. That's right, all our podcasts are now taking place in video format. We do all our interviews through Zoom, so you'll get to see the guests, and some of them are even showing off their gear, which is kind of cool. So if you go on YouTube, go into the search, type in Fred Sisters, you'll see our page and hit subscribe. Now you can also hear us still in the audio format on all digital outlets wherever you get your podcasts. Very cool, right? So I'm in the DC area and it's kind of, it's actually getting nicer out. It was kind of rainy this morning. We're in the middle of October and voting's in like a couple weeks. So we stress that you get out there and vote if you haven't done your early voting or your mail-in ballots. It's more than just voting for the president. You're voting for seats in the House and seats in the Senate, as well as your local jurisdiction. You're voting for something there from your, from your local government. So make sure to get out there and vote. November 3rd is the general election. So. I'm going to talk about my first guest, our first guest for Between Frets. We had the pleasure of talking with Nikki O'Neill. She's an Americana singer, songwriter. She plays a telly, she plays a mean telly, and she just dropped an album October 16th, which is Friday, which was Friday. So please go out there, go on her website. We'll have it in the show notes. Her website is Nikki O'Neill. Dot com. You can purchase her album there, or you can go on any digital outlet and stream her music. Her new album is called World is Waiting. So definitely check her out. She's right behind me. She's got a beautiful telly, and I'm telling you, her tone is all that. She's got some really nice guitar work in there, and her vocals, her singing is phenomenal. So definitely check out her music. You know, drop a line to her, um, show support, because all season we have some great guests coming up. So next up is Nikki O'Neill. Peace and love. And we are back. I'm your host, Jenny Jam, and we are so happy to welcome Nikki O'Neill. Now, Nikki is an American singer and songwriter and author, plays lead and rhythm guitar. She was featured in Guitar Player Magazine in 2019 and also has a lesson channel on the True Fire um, website called Twang, Soul, and Rock and Roll. Her new album, World is Waiting, is due to release October 16th this year <laughs> on, yes. the Blackboard, yay, on the Blackboard record label. And you can hear her music on blues, Americana, and roots stations in the US and Canada, Europe, and Australia. Hi, Nikki. Hi, what a nice introduction. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, see if I can live up to that. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. Well, you can. I mean, I heard some of your music, and actually, I heard a lot of your music, and I just love everything about it. I just oh, think. Thank you. It's very, it's so nice, and I, I know this time that we're living right now, it's just really great to have, to be able to hear something like what you're putting out musically, and especially your guitar playing, and we'll get to that. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Definitely. So you're in the West Coast? Yeah, I'm uh, right. Uh, I've been based in Los Angeles for the last 15 years. Mm. And yeah. That's nice. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, so the weather's nice out there. I know we're in, I'm based in the East Coast in the DC area, so. Okay, yeah, no, we just, uh, w uh, my husband and I just uh, took a walk down to the beach and mm. it was really pleasant. It wasn't overly hot. It's still t-shirt weather. Uh, it's a little crazy like that, you know, approaching mid-October, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's nice, but I, I lived on the East Coast for uh, several years in, in New York City. So, okay. yeah, so you guys probably have a little bit of fall scenery now. Yeah, or? yeah, it's like, it's been like cold and then, and then like a couple of days it was warm a couple of days ago, but it's getting, it's getting into like fall, winter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So, so I want to, I want to talk about your new album that's coming out soon, but I also, I wanted to get into like more of like the style and your music and how that all came about. Like what made you, once you picked up the guitar, um, say, okay, yeah, I'm really resonating towards this style and then just take it from there. That's a good question because I think, yeah, when I was younger starting out, I tried all sorts of styles, which maybe is a healthy thing to do when you're mm -hmm. a musician to, you know, try different genres and you play, maybe play in cover bands and you get to learn different genres, different mm -hmm. songs that way. But I gotta say, uh, I've always loved uh, classic R&B and soul music, like a lot of the stuff that came out of Memphis. Um, and I probably have to thank my mom for that because she was a huge Al Green fan and so she had all of his albums and so that was kind of like the soundtrack of my life as a little five-year-old and uh, even though I didn't know anything about the musicians who played with him I still thought you know, the drummer and you know, everybody was playing it was just the coolest sound I'd ever heard and I still think that. So, um, and I, I guess, and, and my mom, she was also a big Santana fan. So all this kind of groove-based music was just part of my life and I've always loved it, always gravitated to it. When Prince came along, I was really inspired by him. And, uh, but yeah, Carlos Santana and Prince, they're probably you know, my two major guitar influences, which was quite unusual when I grew up because nobody my age, uh, well, okay, Prince, there, there were Prince fans, uh, but nobody cared about Santana. That was just mm. like, what, what kind, who's that? What's that? And uh, I remember my classmates' parents, they just laugh and say, oh, it's like hippie music. Oh, really? <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, that was like a really natural part of my upbringing. I mean, so I played in reggae bands and uh, oh, okay. R like rhythm and blues bands, more contemporary stuff, and it's always kind of been part of what I do. I mean, the influences, at least that you got from your mom, like actually listening to that music, Al Green and Santana, you know, like growing up, like that, that's just amazing, you know. Um, so the, your family 
was musically influenced you? Were they were they musical in any sense? No, uh, not at all. Uh, nobody played any instruments. I know my mom wanted to be a singer, but you know, I, I, for various reasons, that didn't happen. And I think she told me that my grandmother had wanted to play guitar as a teen. But um, they were from Eastern Europe, and during the time when they were young, it was quite turbulent there politically. So uh, getting music lessons, it wasn't a given. You know, it was kind of seen as a bourgeoisie activity. So um, yeah, so for various reasons that didn't happen. And then they became parents, mothers, and yeah, who knows? The dreams yeah. kind of stopped. So I'm, as far as I know, the first one uh, first generation that really got serious about music and, and pursued it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's funny. Usually, you know, you don't, um, you know, your parents like a certain style of music and you tend to rebel against it. And uh, granted, there were things my mom listened to that I didn't care <laughs> for very much. <laughs> I rebelled against, especially when I got into hard rock when I was uh, 15, 16. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm really glad that she had such cool taste that she did, and it was very yeah. diverse. She listened to classical music, Chopin, and '60s pop bands. I was like everything, and I, it's helped me develop a love for songwriting. So even mm -hmm. before I played guitar, I was really into making up songs and writing songs and and um, think all this various music made me open-minded and mm -hmm. appreciate melodies and beautiful chord changes and things like that. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the songwriting and like the vocals, your vocals, it seems like, you know, saying that your, your mother, you know, was into singing or whatever. I mean, did you develop that style? I mean, did you know like, oh yeah, I can sing or was it just like, Bam. Well, uh, funny thing that you say in the singing, because yeah, my mom was a big Barbara Streisand fan, <laughs> so she oh. would buy all these albums, and we yes. would sit and we'd sing, and we'd sing along, and she'd say, she would tell me when I, if I try to mimic her signature vibrato, she said, nah, that's not how she does it. <laughs> and, oh, wow. uh, but yeah, I, I sang along with Baptist a lot. And, uh, but funny enough, when I was 16, so I, I grew up, I, I was born in Los Angeles, but I, I grew up in Sweden, because um, my mom remarried with a Swedish guy, and so I spent much of my upbringing there. And it, when time came to attend high school, there was a music program, and uh, I you know, auditioned, I, I you know, attended this program, and they were uh, not into my singing at all. They, in fact, the, the voice teacher, she gave me like, an, she was ready to give me an F in singing. And I don't know why, because she was never there. She was gone for an entire year. So I don't even know how she would base, what she based that grade on. But I kind of, you know, argued with the principal and then she gave me like the next worst grade. And uh, I, I mean, I really love to sing. I did it at home and I don't think I was that bad. Um, what I was, I was very shy and didn't have a lot of confidence. And um, I, I learned quickly in life that if you don't have confidence, then people will treat you like you don't. Yeah. 
And if you start developing it, then same effect will happen. So I thought, well, okay, then I guess I will rather try to be confident and maybe even fake it until it's genuine <laughs> a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, singing, that, that's interesting because yeah, I've always loved to do that, but um, yeah, it didn't impress oh, okay. my teachers back then. But, you <laughs> know, whatever, that's, that's then. But I, I kind of say that uh, to, to people maybe who, uh, you know, were, uh, are in the same situation as I was when I was younger. Mm -hmm. that you have to follow your own truth and keep developing your craft because you know if you have something that you love then you gotta stick with it and no matter what other people tell you and you know you'll get better and you know whatever people say to you it'll change and mm -hmm. but the most important things you do what you love <laughs> and yeah definitely yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, the um, your guitar playing too. I mean, when when I took a listen to it, I mean, it's just the tone, the the playing, the techniques, the major scale. <laughs> I think of it. I think of I think it's major scale. <laughs> but this probably yeah, I'm pretty steeped in like the major minor pentatonic. Yeah. yeah, I don't go very modal. I mean, I I know what that is. I've definitely you know. It, I teach that stuff, but yeah, because of the rootsy and R&B influenced Americana style, it would feel kind of weird to do low Korean sweet picking arpeggios. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> a little out of place. Yeah, yeah. The um, like the style when you went towards that style, was it? Did you take lessons, or was, were you more self-taught, or was it no. just kind of like? I, I took lessons pretty early on, uh, so the, the great thing in Sweden is uh, there's subsidized music education, so you can get music lessons very cheap. And they often explain the Swedish pop miracle, the pop sensation with all these people that write hits for Britney Spears or Backstreet Boys and I mean the current pop artists now. Uh, there's a lot of Swedes <laughs> that are yeah, you know, churning out these pop hits, and uh, they, and and also all the metal bands that have come out of Sweden, they believe that you know one reason there's so such a fertile ground for musicians is that there's subsidized music lessons. So I started when I was 16. Um, I really wanted to start guitar when I was 10 because I saw my classmates, all the guys in school took lessons and. They were talking about the records they bought and their guitar lessons. I thought, oh, that's so cool. I want to do that. But uh, yeah, my mom said, no, no way. Yeah. And uh, so I begged and begged for six years. And then finally I got an acoustic guitar and I started taking lessons. And uh, yeah, um, I, you know, there's, there's some part that was that where I was self-taught. I was sitting and playing along to Santana and Prince records. That was definitely my own thing. Um, you know, sitting at home and figuring out those songs. Uh, and at the lessons, it was other stuff. It was a little more classical kind of acoustic guitar techniques, finger picking. Um, and then when I attended this music school, they were like hardcore jazz uh, yeah. program. So. It was almost like, you know, a bad thing to be a rock fan. Uh, everybody was into fusion and Larry Carlton and the Yellow Jackets and you know, nothing wrong with that. But 
I, yeah, never understood why there was this snobbery about music, but <laughs> there was. Oh my gosh, uh, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, and it seems to be universal. It's like, because I, I can walk into a music school anywhere in the world and the students, they all like, yeah, they're humming Charlie Parker tunes and like nobody else does that. I mean, <laughs> Charlie Parker's an amazing composer, but yeah, you, you don't hear people hum Scrapple from the Apple that much. Mm -hmm. but, but that's like a music school thing and it's just hating on the rock. Um, or, yeah, so um, uh, the, the nice thing that I got out of music school was there was a lot of ear training and uh, music theory. So the, the, the whole like, you know, about chords and being able to tell if it's a major seven or minor seven or you know something like that that was a really good thing and um and even if i didn't think that i was going to become a jazz musician um i fell in love with the chords the mm -hmm. harmony and i realized later when i listened to the al green albums or stevie wonder albums oh wow that's the, those same kinds of chords mm -hmm. so so that's what i got out of music school yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on the chords and stuff like, you know, kind of going back to the R&B records and, and hearing all that stuff, especially like, you know, like Al Green. And yeah, um, yeah, definitely. The um, your um, guitar, your guitar style, like I can tell when I listen to your music that you you had a lot of those chord colorings, uh, you know, mixed in with, you know, the the licks, the little trumpet uh -huh. and stuff. I love it. I mean, well, thank you. And I love your guitars, at least what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, is it like, was it, was it, you know, were you like born into it? Like, were you like, wow, yeah, this is me. Like, your fingers was like, yep, this is no. what I'm stuck to. <laughs> no, not at, not at all. I mean, I definitely had the perseverance. I been at it for so long where <laughs> a lot of people would have given up i i don't feel that guitar came easy to me songwriting did mm, that that okay. was the thing uh singing like the technique especially singing and playing at the same time was like really hard and i'd like beat my voice up singing three hour shows and not breathing because i'm strumming and trying not to screw up mm -hmm. um but uh guitar yeah it hasn't come to me that easily but you know kept kept at it and learning the fretboard um was incredibly helpful uh i gotta say to be able to visualize the guitar mm -hmm. and things like that um nowadays the last well i think i've brought it to a balance and what i mean by that is um trying to find a balance between the style of music that i write and that it's stuff that I can sing comfortably and also that I can play it because those areas were kind of uneven where I'll give you a good example so I would have no problem writing like a high energy funk song with like really distorted guitar and you know bold and brash kind of tone but then when it's time for me to go into the studio, I can't sing like Shaka Khan or <laughs> Betty Davis. I just don't have that kind of like belting, mm -hmm. you know, high energy voice like that. So 
So it took, it's taken some experimentation to make all three of them kind of play mm -hmm. along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah your, song, your songwriting as well, um, you know, with the music that you've written, um, at stuff that's been out earlier, because I went on the Spotify channel, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I listened to, I listened to um, you. some of your work there and uh, really good, you know, just wholesome, just, you know, singing, you know, lyrics, music and stuff like that. Like when you, when you write a song, like, of course, a songwriter takes it to, you know, my expression, whatever happened to me, what, who I broke up with, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Like, where do you find your, you know, muse or material to, you know? Um, my first records, I think everything was very autobiographical. So it was like always my experience. Um, and then I realized I got tired of my own thoughts. <laughs> so then I would allow myself to, you know, if not get into character a little bit, um, then you know, maybe write to a song title if there's a subject that really intrigues me. Um, and it might not be something that I've like experienced every single thing that happened in that song, but there's a sentiment or a feel that's there. There's maybe something that I experienced, but then I just yeah, added other places, other people, other, yeah, other scenery. Yeah, I think songwriting is like, one thing I, th I think a lot of musicians, I guess, that don't write songs or, you know, to be able to like understand, like it's the hook, you know, it's the melody, you know, how to how to get all that. Like when you when you think of a song, do you immediately go on your guitar? Do you go on on a piano and kind of like, you know, or do you sing a melody in your phone <laughs> or something? Um... I do a little bit of both. They kind of all happen simultaneously. When I when I was writing earlier, the uh, one of uh, let's say ten years ago, or when I started writing, then it was very much based on the guitar started everything off. So it'd be like a good riff or an intriguing chord progression. Um, nowadays, I kind of um, I often work together with a lyric a lyricist because um, mm, okay. I, I, I write lyrics and I, I've done that on the album but they tend to be the hardest things for me to do because probably because I'm like too self-critical and I just set the bar so high that it's impossible <laughs> to live yeah. up to and and sometimes being bilingual and living in a different country I can often search like struggle to find the right words mm. so then I it's nice to collaborate with somebody uh, which I'm doing is his name is Paul Manser and so we've been writing together in the last two albums and it just helps the process be more productive because otherwise maybe it would take four years between albums <laughs> instead of <laughs> one or two yeah um, but uh, yeah as far as guitar goes it, it so it yeah it can be an interesting chord progression or a good riff uh, but it can also be that Paul and I are bouncing lyrics back and forth and when I he sends me a lyric a fragment or something and I I sense a rhythm in the words mm. this is like really flowing it's like sits well <laughs> vocally it's like seems singable um, then I start hearing the music mm. and so yeah it all kind of happens simultaneously yeah. nowadays 
that's a good process when you get into that creative mode and yeah. something sparking and you're like wow this is <laughs> it's it's so fun and and i also tell because i've often gotten the question do you have a process for writing and mm. I'll, i i'll say well there is a common process and that's like writing to a title but it's really important for me to experiment and try other methods to invite inspiration in a different mm -hmm. ways because I don't want to get formulaic because uh, that has happened you know, before and uh, I just, I would hate for that to happen again. So, yeah. uh, you know, the title track of the song, of, of this album, World Is Waiting, for instance, I pulled out a, a Beat Buddy. It's one of those like stomp boxes that has a drum machine and uh, there was this little rhythm that was this little hi-hat thing and it I mean it sounds cheesy it's a little drum machine pedal it sounds like a toy robotic but it kind of made me think of Prince uh, like his early Prince records and he was such a genius at layering rhythms that were very contrasting mm -hmm. So I played this thing and I thought, well, what happens if I play this kind of standard blues riff against it, but it's like a counter rhythm. Mm. I thought, oh yeah, I like that, this is cool. And, um, and then I you know, played it for my husband who's played drums with me as long as we've been together and he's in the band and on the record. And he's like, ah, I don't know, man, it sounds kind of electronic and rigid. <laughs> and, but it's like, no, 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 I gotta you know, develop <laughs> it. And, and I did, and you know, I played it for Paul, my lyric partner. And he's like, "Yeah, it's kind of cool, but you know, it's short. It's just two bars." All right, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I you know, developed it, and once I had it, you know, the intro, you know, through all the way to the end, then I brought it to the band, and then we fleshed it out. And um, and when the keyboard player started overdubbing his Wurlitzer then like the whole song just got its identity right mm -hmm. there and then so so yeah experimenting is very important i think yes definitely and there's a and long answer to your question no Sorry. no it was a great answer <laughs> it was very interesting um we can get to talk about you know your release in october well it is october but it's in a few weeks or a couple weeks right or next week uh actually, the well 20th? as we're speaking so it's next friday next it's, it's yes. next week yeah mm -hmm. i just saw the date i'm like wait because i don't even know what year we're in right oh yeah no it's easy to <laughs> um so you're due to release october 16th yeah. and um we actually we got the link from you and um and so what you were talking about this is where i'm like we could talk about the guitars you use the pedal i mean just you talking about what you just said is just interesting to me um you have you know a few you know uh, actually a lot of good stuff in there as far as like some meaty licks some you know nice rhythms beautiful vocals everywhere some acoustic oh, stuff right thank you yeah, yeah yeah i play all the acoustic guitars on on that one too so so yeah if you want to talk a little bit about it or um, uh sure so in the last like three years my setup has been very minimal it's basically a telecaster uh with a maple neck mm. and <laughs> it's got 60s twang pickups uh, uh, the seymour duncan antiquities the um yeah antiquity to 60s twang 
that's what they're called and uh and i run the telly into a fender deluxe reverb 1965 <laughs> reissue Ooh. and i was so happy when i found that amp because i couldn't find anything because my telly's kind of bright mm. and i just i had other amps and it just sounded sterile and i tried you know, to use pedals and it just sounded plasticky or bright and uh, those pickups, they're not very high output pickups. So they, they're a little skinny for solos, but um, you know, I, I, somebody suggested, hey, this amp, you gotta, you know, you gotta test it. I plugged it in and it was like, love <laughs> at first tone, you know? <laughs> and um, so, yeah. So that's pretty much what I'm using. I mean, um, on this album, there's no other pedals really. I mean, sometimes I, I can use a wah pedal. I've used, I have a pedal board. I've used that for other types of bands that I was in. I mean, I was in like a Black Sabbath tribute band for a short really? while. Oh. Yeah, I subbed, I, I just subbed, but I, you know, it was enough that I, you know, flew out to Hawaii to do a couple of gigs and then did some shows in California. So it wasn't that for that long, but yeah, I still have all those pedals <laughs> from then. Yeah, that's and awesome. obviously the amp quite different. I mean, that's uh, yeah, an SG and a Marshall. And so, but yeah, it's a, it's a very kind of classic R&B, um, twangy mm -hmm. soul. I still think I'm probably going to want to get a humbucker guitar. Uh, I don't have a Les Paul. I've tried a couple. Mm -hmm. uh, and I might go for that. I'm not sure how it will work with this amp. So that's, mm -hmm. you know, another process. But I might need that for solos uh, just to get a little fuller, a little fuller tone. But mm -hmm. I still like the warmth and I'm probably not gonna be doing a lot of effects. I kind of like the get your tone out of your hands. Yeah. And, oh yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The um, what what kind of telly do you have? This is just my question for me. Yeah, <laughs> well, sure. It? It's um, it's um, Mexican telly, uh, Mex made, and it's from the '90s. I got it in 1998 or '99. Uh, I got it as a gift. It's actually, there's a fun story, if I can tell, yeah. I'll try to be concise. Um, I did a little bit of work uh, as a freelance writer, uh, writing for Swedish newspapers. I would interview artists. And one day, they, and this was when I lived in New York, so this is kind of how I made my living, was interviewing artists. and. And, this is, and they said, "Hey, there's uh, you know, Bad Religion, the punk band. They're they're going to be you know somewhere in the East Village, and could you interview them? They're releasing an album." And uh, so I, I went there, and uh, to cut a long story short, uh, it turned out that the drummer Bobby Shayer is a huge R&B fan. So mm -hmm. that was like our conversation topic started there. And a day later, he called me and he said, hey, are you, uh, do you have time to meet me at Matt Umanoff Guitar Shop? Uh, it's one of those like longtime guitar stores in New York City. And uh, so I met him there and he got me a guitar, but he didn't tell me it was my guitar first. He said, when I go on tour, 
I get guitars for my friends and they become stewards for these guitars. And so whenever I'm in some city and if I want to get, you know, just play, then there's a guitar for me. So will, would you be the steward of my guitar? Sure, absolutely. So that's how I got that telly. And then, um, you know, I took really good care of it. I was like, Bobby, I would like to change the pick guard. Can I? You know, always asked him for permission. And then finally, after you know, a couple of years, he said, it's yours. <laughs> you know, keep wow. it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I've played a lot. I mean, it's like a lot of wear and tear on the fretboard and That's a badge a of honor yeah exactly <laughs> so, but but I experimented with pickups because I didn't know much about pickups mm -hmm. you know when I got that guitar and so there were some crazy ones I put in hot rails mm -hmm. and it sounded like crap because it's maple neck it's a bright guitar and then yeah. it was like it's really high output shrill pickups that combo didn't work um, mm -hmm. and there were other pickups too but then finally I found the right ones with the Seymour Duncan Antiquities uh, 60s oh, okay. twang. Yeah. Nice. And that's pretty much it. I haven't messed with it since. Mm. So Nice. Yeah. Well, well um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your um, True Fire uh, lessons, you know, to let our listeners know if they, you know, don't, don't have anything to do, let's go on True File and Fire yeah. and, you know, try to um, maybe sign up and register. Okay, so, yeah, so so True Fire, it's one of the like you know, popular online uh, yeah. channels for guitar education. So there's a lot of you know, great people like Jennifer Batson is there and Mimi Fox and um, Robin Ford and all, all kinds of you know amazing people. And uh, there's a division of True Fire that's called Channels. And that's where instead of just get buying one course on a specific topic, if you like a particular instructor, then you can subscribe to their channel mm -hmm. and then they post lessons you know, every week or every other week. And uh, so my channel, yeah, it's very reasonable. It's five bucks a month. Five but bucks there's, a month. <laughs> I've, I started it in, yeah, actually exactly a year ago, oh, okay. late October of 2019. And since then, I think I've got about 110 lessons there now. And uh, it's called Twang Soul and Rock and Roll. And it's, it's um, for those who are at an intermediate and also a beginner level who are into the styles that go with Americana and rhythm and blues guitar. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a little bit of rock basics too. Um, so yeah, there's everything from like Memphis Soul, how to like play with double stops, playing with your triad voicings, um, um, yeah, your, your major, minor pentatonic riffs. Mm -hmm. And right now I've got a, a little series that's about using the modes in songwriting. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Because <sighs> I, yeah, when I learned about modes, I mean, it was in school and they were all talking about the improvisation aspect of it. And um, back then, I, you know, I was young, it went way over my head. Uh, but I loved the sounds of them. And then when... I met another teacher and he started talking about composition with the modes. I was like, oh, that I'm really interested in. And so I'm, yeah, in, in my series, I talk about that 
I mean, there's the scale, but it's not so much about how you can solo and mix a Lydian. It's just kind of, okay, here's the scale, but here are different chord progressions that are, and riffs that are very typical. Lydian or Mixolydian or... Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, there's like 110 lessons there. And I, I try to post every week or at least every other week if I'm busy. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And well, we'll definitely put the links, the links on the show notes so that, you know, our listeners can go if they're interested. They can okay. check that out. They can go on your website. Um, like I said, there's beginner series too. I got a beginner series in rock guitar, or like rock rhythm and rock lead, and also in R&B guitar. So all these different cool little chords and stuff. Um, yeah, there's beginner series for that. Okay, also. that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so gosh, you know, it was so great to you know hear about you, hear about your music, and uh, just everything. I want everybody next week October 16th to download where can we get your um your album so it's available everywhere that you like to listen to music but I got like a central hub so if you go to nikkioneal.com and uh that's n-i-k-k-i-o-n-e-i-l-l.com so nikki like nikki six the motley crew bass player <laughs> and o'neill yeah. like the surf brand or the playwright whatever your reference is mm-hmm. so you go to nikkioneal.com and then if you uh, like first thing you're gonna see is like pre-add the album and then if you wanna you know listen to my stuff on spotify or you know apple music or Bandcamp or whatever all the links are at the bottom of the home page so oh, nice. you can easily find yeah okay well definitely definitely we'll do that um also you know give us like your social media you know where we can where people can find you yeah all the social media links are there too so uh, yeah if you go to nickyoneal.com then you'll find my instagram and uh my facebook artist page and everything like i said band camp the whole works so that's probably the easiest way to find everything right on the home page yeah right on the home page so we'll put that in the show notes yeah well nikki thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us fret sisters between frets and uh being part of our video podcast yay (laughs) Thank you so much. I I heard about you guys through Guitar Girl magazine, and I thought, oh, this is cool. It's like a new community, and uh, awesome, and yeah, very, very exciting. And I I love that there's the diversity of it, Mm -hmm. all kinds of players. uh, That's important. And um, yeah, and thank you for all the great questions (laughs) that you asked (laughs) for listening to the album. Oh my gosh, it's a great- And the kind words, (laughs) so. Oh, definitely. And and seriously, the guitar tone for all you guitar nuts out there, you have to listen to this. It's like, so like, the tone is just, you know, for a guitarist, you know, it's like, woo, you know, in the mind, it's like butter. Oh my God! So, when you said you. maple neck, I'm like, yeah, that maple neck. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, it's, it might be that. It's also, uh, yeah, it's me and there's another guitar player that we're in the band, so we were sharing the guitar duties. But uh, also, the guy who co- I co-produced the album with and who engineered it 
I mean, he loves good guitar tone. And then when we mix the album, I was really adamant that it's got to be a good mix because yeah. I haven't had much luck. I th you you learn as you go, mm. um, you yeah, know. But I thought, damn it, I, it's got to sound good <laughs> this time. Yeah, yeah. And so I got Ethan Allen, and he's a guitarist, and he uh, works a lot with. Um, Ben Harper and he did Mavis Staples latest album so I listened to that and I thought oh those good tones and so he he also helped to really dial in some nice sounds and Gavin Lurson did the mastering he worked with Robert Plant and Alison Krauss and T-Bone Burnett so wow yeah, I was in good hands when it comes Woo! to tone <laughs> yeah oh wow that's awesome well, you know, hopefully when things open back up, we can catch you on tour, you know, with your band. Yes, I love that. You know, when you come to the East Coast, definitely get, you know, you'll get a visit from the Fret Sisters. <laughs> and I so would love that. We're sparse all up and down the East Coast, so. Oh, awesome. But, but thank you again, Nikki, and, and hope thank that you. you have, you know, a great weekend and uh, the rest you of the too. year. You too. Thank okay. you, you as well, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Riff Girl, what's our riff today? Let's give a little something what you're about to play, hey! If you want to learn more about this progression, then you can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Fret Sisters or email us at fretsistersmusic at gmail.com. Peace and love.